Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back again to the Spirit of Fire podcast. This is for September 1st, 2013, and it is the Halo 4 Global Championship Edition. This is Sal Salerno, otherwise known as Halo Fan for Life. I'm joined by one of my co-hosts. Uh, that's Martin, uh, Gamertag XXL Kiwi MPS, which are my initials. <laughs> and unfortunately, our other co-host, Zach, uh, otherwise known as PGL Rick Grimes, couldn't be with us this evening. He is moving, so we wish him the best uh, with his move there, and he will be back to join us next week. <clears throat> now, of course, we said this is the Halo 4 Global Championship Edition. However, before we get to that, we do have the Week in Review. And I know you want to hear all about the Halo 4 Global Championship, and hopefully you watched it. But uh, right now, let's go over the Week in Review. So the first thing that we have is uh, Halo Spartan Assault uh, got a title update. Uh, there was uh, some more achievements added, five more missions, and it finally got... Xbox controller support. Uh, now, the unfortunate thing is, is that it still means it's not on Xbox Live Arcade. So you can use your Xbox controller through your PC, but that, that we know of, it's still not with, uh, it's still not coming to Xbox Live. Um, let's quickly go over some of those points, though. Uh, let's see. First thing we have is the achievements, and uh, the first one is. Uh, Archaeology Complete Operation F uh, for 10 gamer score. Then Silver Tip, destroy all mega turrets with the Grizzly Tank in Operation F. Uh, missions 2 through 10, and that's, uh, or I'm sorry, Mission 2, that's a uh, gamer score of 10. Tour of Duty, earn all gold stars in Operation F, that's also 10 gamer score. Vidmaster Challenge 2.0, complete Operation F, Mission 4, with the Blind and Thunderstorm Skulls active. That's a 15-gamer score. And the last one is A for Effort, complete all Operation F mission challenges for 5-gamer score. <clears throat> so uh, that uh, it totals up to 50 for your gamer score. That does go over into your uh, Halo career that you can view on uh, Halo Waypoint as well. Um Still makes me really jealous that every time I see achievements like this and pictures and just how awesome. Oh yeah, so jealous. So jealous. Yeah, I mean, me as well. You know, uh, I just uh, I just can't afford to buy a Windows 8 device. Device. I'm on a Mac computer, so it's not like I can even upgrade to Windows 8 if I wanted to. Uh, yeah. You know, and I just you know, even if I could afford it, I just can't justify the cost of something that's a couple hundred dollars, or in the case of an upgrade, 50 bucks for a $7 app, even though it's Halo. I mean, I, yes, I'm Halo fan for life, but, you know, you got to be a little bit more careful with your money, you know? And it, I would say, and I've been saying this, bring Spartan Assault to Xbox Live Arcade, and I will gladly pay you $15 instead of that $7 that you want as an app. And I think that would be well worth yeah. it. What do you I think? I mean, if people people are going to people are going to spend ten dollars to buy DLC for Halo Four, of course they're going to spend fifteen to get an entirely different game, no matter what the experience is. Yeah, and when you figure <clears throat> with uh, with Spartan Assault, you do get uh, uh, there's a special pose that you get 
Um, of course, you've got the achievements. I think there's something else that you get as, as well with it that is exclusive uh, when you purchase uh, Spartan Assault. So <clears throat> it does have some things that carry over into Halo 4 as well. That's kind of the, the thing that, that bites at me because I want to be the completionist. I want to have everything. And, uh, you know, not being able to even play Spartan Assault just, you know, is like, oh, my God, I can't believe it. <clears throat> Also, the fact that they tie in all these new comic books um, into the fiction—sure, you feel like you're missing a part of a part of the universe that other people, the bear the minority, get to experience. Yeah, indeed. In fact, now that you did uh, mention that, uh, and I think this came out before the first podcast, and I'm not sure if we mentioned it, but uh, Halo Initiation, which is the uh, the story of Sarah Palmer, how she becomes a Spartan. The first comic book is out. The next one will be out uh, shortly. And uh, it was a good comic book, rather uh, small, I think, in pages, but then I'm told that that's about average nowadays. But um, it's only a three-part series, so uh, that, uh, we call it the Halo Initiation um, number one is out now. And uh, so check out your local comic book stores or bookstores for that. <clears throat> Anything more on Spartan Assault from you, Martin? Uh, um, no, no, nothing for me. Okay. All right, so the next thing, uh, this is just uh, blog stuff. I, over the week, posted four different Halo Mega Bloks reviews. So for you that are toy fans out there, especially uh, Mega Bloks Halo sets, uh, I posted, uh, let's see, the following sets. There's the Night Ops Goss Hog, the Reap X Light VTOL, the Flood Hunter Battle Unit set, and the Reap X Siege Bike. And just quickly on those, the uh, the Night Ops Goshog, uh, and I mentioned this in the article as well, in the interest of full disclosure, uh, that particular set Mega did send to me. Uh, however, uh, if you read the review, you'll see that uh, I was still uh, very clear about my review. Um, I didn't pull any punches, and I never do. Whether they send me stuff or I buy it, I give an honest and fair review, or at least what I believe is honest and fair review. So uh, take a look at that. Uh, it, it's a great set. It's uh, an electronic set, so it does have lights and sounds to it as well. The Goss, yeah, I think so. The uh, the Goss cannon on it is uh, is beefy. It's a lot bigger. It might not be quite accurate to uh, the game, but I still think it looks great. Uh, the next set is uh, it's the first one in a subline that's called Reap X, <clears throat> excuse me, which is a reverse engineer alien prototype experiment. And uh, this VTOL craft, uh, it's something different. Uh, it's not in any of the games. It's not canon yet, but it might be. So we'll we'll see about that. The next set was the flutter, excuse me, the Flood Hunters battle unit. And this particular set I liked a lot because it was uh, it was good for army building. In the case of you got uh, one elite flood combat form, six of the infection forms, and then one of the carrier forms. So anybody that was looking to build up their flood ranks for uh, Halo Mega Blocks, that's a great set for that. And then finally, quickly, the last one was the uh, Siege Bike set, and that's the second in the Reap X line. Uh, it's a cool little set. includes an active camo grunt. The only uh, beef that I had was that the tread on the bike uh, didn't move very well. It was kind of tight. I was told by a fellow collector that the more you play with it, the more it rolls easily. So, okay, that's fine. 
Um, so check those out. Uh, you can either find them by going through the main page or on uh, on the side there. You'll see the categories section. If you scroll down to uh, Mega Blocks, you'll be able to find the reviews from there. Uh, next up, and this is the big portion here besides the Global Championship, is the Halo Bulletin that came out on the 20th of August. Just so happened to be my birthday, so I was kind of happy about that. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> I won't tell you how old I am. I think uh, some of my friends already know, and, uh, you know, that's enough. <laughs> I'm an old fart, but, you know, hey, what can I say? I, I still love Halo. So a, the first thing, thing, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, I, I have friends, you know, that uh, I play with from time to time that are that are well older than me, you know. Uh, it, it's it's really kind of crazy, the range of uh of people that I, uh, I game with uh, as young as I think there's a, a kid in the gaming group in our gaming group. That's, uh, either 14 or 16. And then I've got a guy on my friends list. I think he's, uh, close to 60. So, uh, there you go. Yeah, so uh, you know it's quite a range, and I, and I like that. I like the uh, the idea that Halo uh, is for any age group. So I think um, <laughs> the youngest will soon be. My son's actually five, and he's finished. <laughs> he's finished Halo front to back. I don't know what it says about me as a person, but, <laughs> but he, he's he's finished Halo front to back by himself, no help from me. So I'll give really? him the match. Pick. Yeah, no help from you. Wow, I, I did nothing. So he's, he's managed to navigate his way around the entire game by himself. He's done Reach by himself. Mm-hmm. He, he's five years old. Just remember that. That's, yeah, <laughs> it sounds it sounds terrible, but what, um, did he yeah. play it on easy difficulty? Ah, uh, yeah, of course he did. Yeah, okay. No, yeah, okay. Yeah, well, still, yeah, yeah. you know what? For a five year old, that's freaking amazing. Yeah, you know? so he's um, he's going to be the next <laughs> pro gamer. I'm going to get him into into matchmaking. He's had a few games of matchmaking. Yeah. I think he, he had like two kills and about 30 deaths. But, yeah. but I mean, that's matchmaking. You know? it's right. Well, that's a, that's a lot different. Yeah. That's cool. That's great. Well, we've gone on to, off to our first tangent there. <laughs> <laughs> first tangent of the day. Yeah. yeah. So getting back to the uh, the Halo Bulletin, of course, it starts off uh, talking about the global championships. And like I said, we'll get to that shortly. That's uh, a very big topic. And in fact, uh, probably the bulk of the uh, the podcast here. Um, so the first really major thing uh, the, to talk about then, uh, and this is really the major point of the whole uh, um, bulletin, is... The maps that uh, that they showed for the Ricochet playlist, which is coming out uh, on Tuesday, and besides Pitfall, we will now also be uh, be able to play on Monolith, Skyline, Haven, Adrift, and Solace. And uh, let's go over each one of those quickly. And of course, we know where the goals are in Pitfall. Yep, but uh, for Monolith, the goals are right in front of where the flag spawns uh, normally. Uh, so it's it's in that gap between where flag spawns and that kind of ramp that's between that and where rockets are at. Interesting place. I'm just looking at the pictures now, mm-hmm. which I've seen before. Um, seems like a very... Let's refer it. They're trying to make it more open. So I think he's going to yeah. be a lot more sort of... Um, Long, long Hail Marys. Yes. <laughs> it's going to be some cool gameplay. I can see that. And and I was listening to, uh, oh boy, I can't remember who it was from 343 that they were talking about this. 
and they said that an epic gameplay move would be to uh, to get on one of the lifts that goes across the uh, map, and it actually runs uh, uh, perpendicular to where the uh, the goal is at. So if you have the ball and you're lifting across halfway through your lift, throw it towards the goal. That would be an epic goal, and I can see that happening. If anybody does happen to get that, uh, you know, this coming week, uh, uh, make a clip of it and uh, send it to me, and uh, you know, we'll try and get that up on the uh, on the site. I'd love to see uh, you guys make some great plays like that. So the next map then uh, is Skyline. And uh, that is in the bases as well. And, uh, in fact, it's pretty much the same spot where, uh, where the flag is at. Um, it is, yeah. You know, it's, uh, um, it's just Skyline seems really small, uh, you know, and for Ricochet, I can see this being more of a run-in type of uh, Ricochet map as opposed to throwing. I mean, you might throw it at the, uh, the last second, but... Uh, uh, because of the tight quarters where the goal is at, th- this looks to me to be more of a running type of map. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, and then for Haven, uh, now it's an interesting place where they put this. Um, depending on the the game type that you're playing, uh, they look to be on uh, red and blue spawns, but just a little off to that. Uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, I think, go ahead. I think was. I think what's strange about the Haven map in itself, I still don't know whether they're going to be blocking off the downstairs part. Um, I'd love to know that prior to playing it, Mm -hmm. but uh, it'll be interesting. Yeah, I don't think they will. I mean, that's, you know, that is a lot uh, that they'd have to block off. Um, I think they'll leave it open, and the potential gameplay there then is is that, you know, people can run it from, uh, from the bottom um, for instance, if you're under the spawn, that gap that goes from uh, top mid, uh, you know, and then you top mid, and then you see the gap, and then that's where the people spawn above. You can throw it through there, and I can see some people getting a uh, a toss in goal that way from throwing from the gap underneath to above. Yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. Didn't think about that. Yeah. Uh, the next one is a drift, and this uh, this goal is kind of. Um, I think it's kind of odd the placement of it. Yeah, uh, in that's, the first, that's the first thing I thought. What a strange place for it to be. Yeah, it's it's in the uh, it's just after you lift over in the main bases. Um, you can access it a little bit by uh, each of the smaller halls, but uh, you know if you get a uh, you can get a toss in on the corner of the goal. You can get it in. I just thought it was a really strange place to get that. Um, I could see, you know, why they maybe didn't want to put it on the flag area. Uh, but there is, whenever you play multi-team King of the Hill, uh, up on that catwalk where there are some of those um, crates at, I think that would have been a better place to put it uh, so that, uh, you know, you'd have to uh, try and run up top there to uh, to get the run and goal. Um, I, the only thing I can think of why they put it where they put it is that it will make it easier to have uh, run-in goals as opposed to uh, throw-in goals. So, I don't know. We'll see how that one plays out. Definitely. And then the last one is Solus. And uh, uh, quite interesting in the picture there, um, you're probably looking at the same one, that they blocked off the uh, the middle open parts of, uh, of the sides of the map with uh, some of the very large crates. So uh, the ball doesn't go uh, out of bounds all the time when you're trying to throw it in. Um, yeah. 
I think out of all, out of all the maps, this is the one that I'll probably pick the most whenever it comes up in the playlist. I think this looks like it could play really well. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to Solace, man. Like, I like the fact that it's it's more running side to side than your normal uh, sniper to sniper spawn. Sure. Like the game, the gameplay of it's going to play really well. Mm-hmm. You know, and and looking where it's at too, uh, you know, there's plenty of ways to run in. And think about it: uh, as long as bottom mid isn't blocked off, uh, there's plenty of potential to use uh, uh, the bottom. And then uh, those two little gaps that are in that tunnel just as you're going in the bo- uh, bottom you could throw the uh, ball through there and get it in the goal easy so i can definitely see that being used if uh, bottom's not being blocked yeah definitely so let's see the uh the next part is that um let's see legendary uh, BRs is being added to uh, the Infinity Slayer playlist. Uh, that's going to be added into the third slot. Uh, I have played Legendary Slayer before it was consolidated. I really enjoyed it, but the fact that it was only AR starts kind of wore on me after a while, and uh, you know I didn't play it much after my initial excitement about it. But uh, you know, sure. I, along with many other people, kept asking for BRs to be in there, and uh, and it was in during one of the weekly. Uh, uh, tournament, um, you know, uh, you know what I'm trying to say. Geez, <laughs> it was in one of the yeah, weekly uh, tournament playlists, and uh, thankfully they did listen to us and they put it into uh, actual rotation in uh, Team Slayer. So that's really good to have. I'm glad that that's there. Yep, no, that is going to play well. Definitely, definitely. All right, uh, I think that's all we got for the bulletin. So. Uh, Let's move on to the next thing here. I think I got a couple things out of order, so hang on a second here. Okay, so uh, the next thing is, uh, and this is just kind of one of those community things. Uh, at PAX, uh, well, of course, PAX was held at uh, Seattle, and uh, that, of course, is home to 343 and Microsoft. And uh, one of the particular folks that works for Microsoft, in fact, he used to work for Microsoft. Then he went to 343, became a community coordinator, and he had a contract job for a while with them and then went back to Microsoft after that uh, contract job was done. Uh, his name's Rukari Austin. He's a... Uh, I think he's still a moderator on uh, the Waypoint forums. But uh, last year he held a barbecue and it was really only supposed to be for a few people. And uh, so the word got out and a bunch more people showed up than had uh, than he had expected. So this year he actually planned it out instead and uh, invited a bunch of people. And the great thing is, is that they had, uh, at last count that I heard, 74 people that came to his barbecue, which he now dubs Rukar BQ because of his name being Rukari. So uh, <laughs> it's very cool. Uh, there are pictures up on the blog. Master Chief was there with some bunny ears on. Uh, but uh, plenty of uh, guests there. Vic DeLeon, who's also a uh, 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 part of 343, uh, was there. And it uh, looks like they had a good spread of, uh, of uh, snacks as well. And it uh, just looks like it was a whole lot of fun. Wish I could have been there to uh, enjoy that. I know there were plenty of people from all over the uh, Halo community, uh, folks from Gripball Hub, from RUL, and uh, my friend Dust Storm from Potacular. I know they were all there. Yeah, it would have been awesome. Definitely. All right. Uh, let's see here. All right, so the 
Next thing, well, before I get to, hold on, here we go, get it in right order. All right, the next thing is, uh, this is going back to Spartan Assault. Uh, Dana Yub, who is the uh, executive producer uh, on Halo, uh, answered some questions in a uh, in an interview uh, regarding Spartan Assault. Um, but unfortunately, uh, he didn't answer th- uh, the one that uh, that everybody's been asking, which is, Will it be coming to Xbox Live Arcade? In fact, he more deflected any questions close to that to being how, oh, they were excited for, uh, you know, to design it for mobile and kept pushing uh, the mobile aspect of that. Um, I just wish that they would come out with something about it and say, look, it's never going to be on Xbox Live Arcade. The only way you're going to play it is on mobile. Or say, you know what, for uh, maybe for the launch of Xbox One, we'll go ahead and finally put it on Xbox Live Arcade, and it'll be available on both the 360 and the Xbox One in time for the holidays. Now, that would be something. I wouldn't mind waiting a couple of months. If I knew it was coming out, that'd be something I could plan for, and I certainly would. Any thoughts on that? Absolutely, mate. No, it's, um, as long as the community knows uh, whether they're either excited for it or not, that's the hardest part is not knowing. And the fact that they've they've gone to all this effort to market Windows 8 and, and spun the salt on mobile apps and, and Windows 8 PCs and leaving everyone else out, it, it's, uh, yeah, it's we've frustrating. spoken about it at length before. It is really frustrating. Yeah. Yeah, I just, you know, I I, I still find it hard to believe that they continue to alienate uh, a good portion of their Halo hardcore, you know, diehard community by, you know, just releasing it on uh, on mobile and, you know, Windows 8 devices. It's just, it kind of, uh, I'm, I'm kind of gobsmacked or, or dumbfounded, whatever you want to, you know, put in there as an adjective. Um, you know, the game just looks great. I mean, I've seen it be played uh, on Twitch. And, uh, you know, to me, it's got the feeling of, uh, of a mix between uh, a third-person shooter and Halo Wars, and, uh, yeah. and I really enjoyed that. And the graphics look fantastic. It's just something I know that I would just get engrossed with and keep playing it until I maxed it all out, you know. And, and it wouldn't matter to me. If it's 15 bucks and if I'm done with it in a week or two, that's fine. But at least I have it, and I have the option to go back and play it whenever. You know, they, they just came out with DLC for it. Uh, they're probably going to have more DLC, so that gives you more reason to go back and play it again uh so it makes you wonder just how much they grossed out of it i mean you wouldn't expect they would have grossed maybe more than 150 to 200,000 out of it just if it's if it's a 7.99 mobile game with how many people are in a windows phone oh um, I, I wouldn't even think that much to be honest with you and no offense to them but you know if you're talking you know 150,000 i mean that's you know what is that that's 20,000 25,000 people that bought the game, maybe? Yeah, good so, point. Know, somewhere around there. That. You know? That's, <laughs> no, that no seems way. like a lot of people to have bought that app, considering it's very exclusive, you know? Um, I'm, I could be wrong, but, uh, you know, I mean, certainly... Many, go ahead. Um, how many people own, own Samsung Galaxies or iPhones? They could have... Or the Surface. Easily, oh, exactly, exactly. They could have easily cleared over 600, 700, maybe even a million... Mm-hmm. Off a mobile app. Yeah. yeah, you bring it to Xbox Live, poof, that thing will blow up, man. That thing will oh, make exactly. some sales like crazy. I'm, sh- I'm, I'm pretty confident 
I think I can easily say that at least 50% of the people that play Halo now would buy it. And that's probably being pretty conservative. Yeah, exactly. You know, exactly. like you like you said, if people are going to pay ten bucks for the uh, for the champions bundle, and there you get a couple maps and you get some uh, armor skins and weapon skins. Uh, you know, for five bucks more, for fifteen bucks, you know, you know, you get a whole new game experience. <coughs> Excuse me. And um, I personally, I think that's totally worth it. So, uh, anyways, there will be a link on the blog uh, when I do the uh, the write up after this for the uh, for the podcast that'll take you to the interview. So uh, please go and check that out. Uh, the next thing, then, uh, did you have anything else you want to add on that? Or are you good on that? No, good on that, buddy. Okay. All right. So the next thing then is that uh, there is currently a uh, Halo Waypoint store PAX sale that runs till September 3rd. Now, this podcast should be out tomorrow, which is the second. So you'll have at least a day to uh, take advantage of the sale. Uh, they have listed all T-shirts are $15. All art is $25 and all hoodies are $45. So uh, I would say take advantage of the sale while you can. Um, things seem to go. Go ahead. I wish they'd add more apparel, like more T-shirts to that, because I've already bought three of the T-shirts. Yeah. Like I bought the uh, Mizra Armory one and the red and blue UNSC ones, but nothing else really makes you want to buy any of the other T-shirts. Yeah. I, think some, I hear you. Know I mean, they haven't updated it since Halo 4 launched. I'd like to see more content in their store. Yeah, I think, you know, that's one thing. Well, I'm a marketing person, as you know, anyways, and I think that's one thing that they're kind of lacking in is that there needs to be a lot more of this peripheral type of Halo stuff. I mean, we've got the toys. You know, we have McFarlane action figures. We have Halo Mega Blocks. Uh, you know, there's Fat Heads. There's Funko stuff. There's a lot of stuff like that. But these other kinds of things, you know, beyond the toy kind of aspect of things, you know, certainly uh, T-shirts, hats, hoodies, there needs to be a lot more of this kind of apparel than that people can take anywhere with them because it's not like you can take your McFarlane Master Chief action figure with you everywhere you go. I might do that, <laughs> but not everybody would. <laughs> so, you know, take advantage of the sale because uh, this stuff does uh, come and go in stock all the time. So, uh, you know, like I said, you should have a day by the time you hear this podcast to take advantage of that. Uh, let's see. Oh, the next thing. This is great. Uh, we have uh, the Halo 4 Game of the Year uh, announcement. Uh, well, it was leaked, uh, and then it was confirmed. And uh, finally, we have the uh, box art. And uh, again, of course, with everything that I'm mentioning here, it's all on the blog. Uh, the box art is really good. It's a close-up of Master Chief's helmet and specifically mostly the visor. And in the reflection of the visor is the Didax Cryptum. Uh, what's cool about the uh, about this is that, uh, for one, the Game of the Year uh, edition is going to be $50.00. And uh, it's going to include a, uh, a Master Chief uh, Avatar cloak, um, and it's going to have all the DLC. Now, I've heard conflicting reports on what that means. Does it mean all the map packs? Does it mean all the map packs and the pre-order armors? And if it means that, does it also include, for instance, the Photos armor that only came with a limited edition Xbox 4? So we'll try to get to the root of that to find out 
what DLC is included with this. But in any case, even if it's just the map packs, if you don't have Halo 4 yet, this is a great opportunity to get it. If you have Halo 4, but you've not bought any of the map packs, then this is certainly still a good deal considering all the stuff that you get with it. If it does include those skins and you haven't got them or you haven't gotten, you know, maybe you only have one of them, 50 bucks, you know, this is uh, still a decent deal. So um, I'm tempted to get it. Uh, for a couple of reasons. I personally, I just want the box art for one, because uh, I think that's cool. Um, and if the discs have a different uh, label on them, you know, then that would be collector's edition for me, so I, I would keep that. Uh, any codes for DLC then, other than ones that I don't have, if it has, for instance, the pre-order armors, uh, there's a couple that I don't have. I would keep those, but all the other stuff then I would use as giveaways on the site. So once we find out what all the extras are, uh, that will help me determine if I'm going to get this or not. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll keep you updated on that one. I think um, is it just me, or does the box art resemble the Halo Evolutions books that came out? Very similar, isn't it? The covers? Yes, yeah, yeah, and you're right. In fact, there were three of them. Uh, I think it was red, green, and blue. Uh, but, yeah, it was the same kind of thing where uh, it was Master Chief's visor, I think, uh, Cortana was in the middle of that, though. You, you, right? That's the one you're talking about? Yeah, man, that's the one. Yeah, they look very similar to me. But, Definitely. Yeah, besides, besides the minor details, of course. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sure, sure. All right, so uh, let's see. Well, uh, since we were talking about packs, uh, uh, the pack sale for uh, Halo Waypoint, let's mention packs again in that there was some really cool cosplay that happened at PAX. Uh, of course, you have the, the typical Spartans, uh, a Master Chief here and there. Uh, and then there were two other ones. Uh, now, one which is always cute and has come into light and since uh, Halo 4 is Mini Chief. Uh, this uh, this yeah. little kid goes around with a Master Chief costume on, and and it's a really well done costume uh, for a kid. In fact, if I was a little kid, I would love to have that. That would be an awesome costume to get, have. You yeah, know? I'd love to get my boy one of those. That would I'd be fantastic. That. That's be something awesome. you know. If they if they had that for Halloween this year, uh, I'd love to see kids wearing that. In fact, if if they have that for Halloween this year, and some kid comes to my door with a Master Chief costume on. I think I'm going to have to get something special. I, I'm going to pull something from my collection, maybe, uh, and uh, and give it to somebody that's wearing a Master Chief costume. Got to be a kid, though. I don't want to see any adults with internet. <laughs> but then, uh, beyond that, what I think was probably the most spectacular Halo cosplay uh, that uh, I got my hands on seeing was uh, just an incredible didact costume. Uh, the level of detail in this was just amazing. The person uh, that was wearing it uh, seemed to be uh, rather tall, um, a decent enough build, and uh, it just, you know, it, it was amazing. Yeah, have you seen the picture? I have, yeah. No, it is very impressive. Yeah, I just, uh, wow. You know, if I if I had the height and the shape for that, that again, that would be another costume that uh, I would just love to wear. It would just be incredible. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just so disappointed that I didn't get the opportunity to go to PAX. Uh, you know, I would have loved to have seen this in person, and uh, I'd have probably been gushing all over it like a little school schoolgirl or something, you know. But hey, what, what the <laughs> hell? <laughs> Exactly. So uh, that is 
Uh, so far, the week in review. And uh, did you have anything else you wanted to add for the week in review, Martin? No, um, uh, it's quite funny. I think I've been looking at the playlist Ricochet a fair bit just to see what the population how that's been running. Yeah. I mean, there's still the population of the DLC playlist is still around 1,600 and something yeah. on average, which is pretty impressive considering that the last bit of DLC, whether down to maybe 70 or 80 people uh, within about two weeks. So yeah. the fact that it's still controlling a strong portion of the population, <clears throat> it goes to show how strong Ricochet is. Yeah, you know, you and I have played uh, a ton of Ricochet, and uh, and I absolutely love it. Uh, I definitely think it's better than Griffball. Um, you know, I've still got the Halo Ricochet League uh, that's coming out. Uh, trust me that it is. It's just that uh, trying to get all this other stuff done, writing the rules and regulations for this, this stuff takes a bit of time, you know, and I'm only one person right now for all this other stuff, so uh, I will sure. get those out. Uh, as soon as I have it, there will be a, uh, a tab on the blog as well that you'll be able to go to for the rules and regulations. And uh, if you're with a website, uh, try and look into getting a, uh, a team together. Uh, I hope to launch uh, the first tournament of this sometime in early October. Don't hold me to that, though. But it, it'll be as soon as possible. I'd like to get something going, though. Uh, and this would be like a Halloween edition of uh, of the first tournament. So uh, this is, of course, for fun right now. It's an, it's, uh, an amateur level. Uh, but, uh, you know, we'll see how it goes. But certainly, I think uh, Certain Affinity uh, and uh, 343 just knocked it out of the park with Ricochets. It's just a, a fun uh, game type. Disappointing, no one thought of incorporating it at the beginning. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? I for this, that would have been cool to launch with. Definitely, definitely. But I'm, I'm glad it's here now, you know? And, oh, exactly. Yeah. You know, you'd mentioned about how that playlist is doing well. I think it's not just uh, Ricochet, but um, the fact that the pit came back. And, uh, oh, yeah, of course. One of the most of beloved Halo 3 maps is, you know, it was an instant classic, and to have it back is just uh, is great. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, where are we now? I think uh, I think we're ready for some Halo Four Global Championship news, huh? Why not? All right. Well, the first thing before we get into kind of the scheduling of events and all that, uh, I wanted to uh, take a second here and talk about two people uh, who didn't make it through to uh, some of the later rounds. Um, in particular, there's T squared. And uh, Giggle Monster. Uh, these two were going at it pretty heavy on Twitter, uh, back and forth. Uh, T Square uh, accusing Giggle Monster of cheating. Uh, Giggle Monster came out and said, "Yes, he did." Uh, I was alerted by uh, another community member of this, and uh, and I took the side of T Square. Although it wasn't that I was taking his side, it was just that I was against Giggle Monster for cheating, uh, and especially given his uh, position as as he has it on his Twitter account that he's the co-owner of AGL. I didn't think it was proper for him to be cheating. Well, actually, let alone really even playing the whole thing, but. Um, uh, surprisingly, both of them were eliminated uh, fairly early on, and uh, you know it was, it's disappointing to see T Squared not get it because he's a former Halo Four champion. I'm uh, not Halo Four champion, Halo champion, and yeah. uh, you know it would have been nice to see him kind of back in the action. But uh, I think with this uh, loss, uh, you probably won't see much of T Squared now. Um, 
I can only hope that uh, Giggle Monster will get his act together, and uh, and if there's any more uh, contests that happen and he's eligible to play them, that he doesn't use those cheating methods, because really that was kind of a tarnish on the whole thing. I was pretty upset about it. I went on a different podcast uh, and uh, and talked about it at length, and uh, I, you know, I'm actually glad he didn't make it through because I think it would have been a bit of a mess if he would have gone into any part of the money round there for the final eight. Uh, but that's enough about that. We'll put that to rest now, and we'll get into the real meat of the Halo 4 Global Championship. Uh, on Friday, uh, they played the invitational rounds, and that was for uh, all of the communities that got invites uh, as well as the pro players that got invites from uh, from the various AGL champions uh, championships. What do you think yep. about that? Um, I watched a bit of it. It's good to see um, Duststorm uh, from particular make it through to the next stage on Saturday. Um, yeah, I enjoyed it. I watched maybe an hour and a half, two hours of the stream. Yeah. I enjoyed it. It was good. I, I did watch some of it. And uh, hold on a second. My... There we go. My AC was kicking on, and apologies if you heard that. Um, <laughs> that's the fun of podcasting. You never know what's going to happen, right? Anyways, um, where was I at now? Uh, talking about the invitation on Friday. Yeah. Okay, so I watched some of the stream, and uh, and it was okay, but the quality of the stream was, uh, was a bit to be desired, and that was apparently blamed on... The actual event location not uh, not being able to stream well out of. Uh, so uh, there was a whole lot of complaining, though. If you were watching it on Twitch, there was just a whole lot of complaining on the uh, on the chat stream. Uh, yeah, I was watching about, the, yeah, <laughs> yeah, about the quality of it. Like, I mean, they, they seemed to take forever to get it started, you know, and it just, you know, it, it had people kind of leery about what was going to happen, you know, on Saturday and then Sunday especially. Um but uh, we did finally get through Friday, and then it moved on to Saturday. And at this point, uh, we then had uh, we had the RTX, Gamescom, and the online players uh, brought into the mix with those that moved on from the invitational rounds. So at this point, now we actually had uh, the uh, I want to say the real competitors. Even though there, were, you know, there were others in the invitational bracket that were, you know, competitors, but I'm talking the ones that uh, that really earned their place. Um, uh, they finally got a chance to uh, to go at it with the rest of them, and uh, so at that point, between uh, the RTX GamesCon and online players and the invitational players, there were 64, uh, and they battled it out, and that finally came down to the Elite Eight. And yeah. Uh, Go ahead, Martin. Yeah. No, you're right. The um, just thinking about it. Did you see that Snipe Down said he was retiring after he lost? I did see that. I did see that. He tweeted about it, and then he started to seem to think twice about it and ask people if you know if he should, uh, you know, um, you know, would retweet for support and so on. Uh, it still remains to be seen if he's actually going to retire or not. Now, um, yeah, I think that he still has some good gameplay left in him. Um, I don't think he should let this uh, this loss uh, get to him. 
I think the the real interesting part that I took from it, just looking at his Twitter feed, was um, he said it was something to do with the lag between the main the the main stage screen to his console because it was put onto the main stage screen and there was um, apparently he, say, he was saying the crowd even saw how badly he was getting ripped off because of the I guess you call it split screen lag. <laughs> which I've never heard of before. But, um, yeah, I just want to know what your opinion on it was. Well, you know, now I didn't see that part, but so without seeing that, I can't really comment specifically. But I will say this, that essentially this was a LAN setup. So if it's going to be a LAN setup, local access network, then I can't really see there being lag to this, you know. Exactly. Um, that's what I just thought was strange. <laughs> I'm a little suspicious of that. So, you know, if it was all connected to be like a land setup, then, um, you know, I just, I think he might have just been making excuses to that. I mean, I hate to say that, but that's kind of what it sounds like. You know, not everybody is yeah. going to win. I mean, this definitely was going to boil down to one person regardless. And, you know, it just didn't happen to be him this time, you know. But, yeah, um, exactly. I mean, Nate had got eliminated just in just off the top of my head. Yeah, another strong player, side, uh, a whole bunch of you know uh, top two. line, yeah, top line players got uh, got eliminated before uh, you know. Well, some got eliminated before they hit six, the Sweet Sixteen, you know. So uh, you know, it, it really uh, as it progressed. I mean, you you finally started seeing. Uh, some of the strongest players uh, in Halo right now coming out for it. Uh, and that happens to segue then into uh, the Elite Eight. Uh, we just finished watching uh, the Halo 4 Global Championship uh, about uh, about an hour and a half ago. Uh, but uh, for the eight that played, let me give you the list on that. And uh, Martin, feel free to comment in here anytime you want there. We have uh, uh, Scott uh, Holst, otherwise known as Cloud. Uh, Ian White, also known as Enable, uh, Matt Piper, who's formal, Justin, uh, Pist- well, I got your pistol, Justin D's, oh gosh, I, I screwed up his last name. <laughs> Anyways, I got your pistola. Uh, he's the guy that I had picked to go, uh, to go all the way with it. Uh, Aaron Elam, also known as Ace, Corey Sloss, who is straight sick, Cody, and I don't know how to pronounce this last name, so I'm going to try it as Zabrowski. And if I Zabrowski, is it is that it Zabrowski? Zabrowski. I don't know. Okay, (laughs) Cody, I apologize for uh, for messing up your name. And if anybody can tell me the right way to say it, please let me know. Uh, But he's also (laughs) known as Contra. uh, Contra. And then the last one to make it in the uh, final eight here uh, was Brian Rizzo, also known as Legit. that I know of, and I could be wrong here, so again, somebody let me know, but I think all eight of those were part of the invitational bracket. I don't believe any of those were part, I know that uh, none of them were part of the RTX uh, qualifier, and none of them were part of the Gamescom qualifier. So, and I'm pretty sure that none of those were also part of the online qualifier as well. So... This kind of makes you wonder, you know, had 343 not done invites to the pro group, what this last eight would have looked like instead. There were certainly... Go ahead, go ahead, Martin. I was saying, yeah, good point. Yeah, there there certainly were pros that made it in there. I mean, uh, Strongside was there, uh, uh, 
snipe down, of course, uh, you know, made it into that. So those guys likely would have been in the Elite Eight instead. So, you know, you, you just have to wonder a little bit why uh, 343 would have done, uh, you know, would have given invites out. Now, I talked with somebody else about this uh, earlier today. And they said, well, you know, this whole championship was uh, was just a, uh, a marketing tool, you know, and uh, they wanted uh, they wanted to have the best players uh, in Halo there regardless. So that's why they were going to invite the pros in. And, yeah, that makes sense. But if, if it's true that these eight were all part of the invites and not part of the actual competition, then you know, you you, you got to give it a second thought as to, you know, well, why did they even hold any kind of competitions or qualifiers to begin with if they were just going to invite the best in anyway? So, you yeah, know, for sure. I mean, you, you got to give that at least a, a second thought, you know. But mm. um, so out of these eight, I mentioned uh, that I was pulling for I Got Your Pistola. Really, to be honest, the only reason why was he was the one that I, you know, knew of the most. Uh, uh, you folks know I'm not really uh, a big fan of pro gamers. I don't have a problem with pro gaming, but the attitudes that I see come out of a lot of pro gamers really kind of put me off on it. Although Pistola seemed to uh, always be a calm and rather focused uh, kid. So, uh, So I was pulling for him. And uh, while we were watching, it was funny that they kept mentioning that he was the uh, the crowd favorite. Yeah, and they said they they went off the crowd. Anytime his name was mentioned, they went off. Oh, definitely. So so they played uh, uh, the first game, and uh, all eight of them played. And the way it worked is that the top four would move on, and the bottom four were eliminated. So uh, the top four then. Uh, in uh, no particular order here was uh, uh, Pistola. I got your Pistola, Ace, Straight Sick, and Legit. Uh, Straight Sick, I believe, took uh, first. Then Pistola was second. I think Legit was third, and Ace was fourth. Yeah, that's right. right that's right. Yeah, it's so uh, the, here's the thing about this: uh, Straight Sick. Uh, he had the lead on Ace uh, at five to two, and the way these games were running. Is uh, they were running uh, at ten minutes for the one v ones. All right, let me back up here. On the final four, they seeded them one through four based on how they placed in uh, in the uh, the free for all eight uh, you know elite eight uh, match. So uh, straight sick was uh, seeded as one. Ace was seeded as four. So they played against each other, and then Pistola and Legit faced against each other. Straight stick took a lead uh, of five to two. And it kind of looked like Ace was sunk at that point, but uh, he slowly started whittling at sick. And sure did. what do you know? He came back and won nine to seven. So just want to just want to say also this was on uh, the skyline map. Yes, uh, which, which which blended itself quite well to one v ones. Oh yeah, you know skyline is is amazing, especially for all the jumps. Um, it's rather deceiving. You think that you can't get from bottom to top very easily, but uh, if you take a look at some uh, some of the pro players 
uh, and I've thankfully started learning a lot of this, uh, you know, uh, recently. There's a lot of places that you can jump going from bottom to top without having to take ramps or even using a jetpack to get to. And all of these guys made great use of uh, all the jumping around, the different trick jumps and things that they were doing in here. So it really was some great play. Um, but uh, to see Ace come back when he was down 5-2 and then come back and win it seven or 9-7, that was a 7-2 point swing in his favor. So that was a oh, great yeah. comeback. It was, uh, it was a great game. It was and, an awesome game. Definitely. I mean, before they before they played the match, uh, Jessica Chobot, I believe it was, uh, interviewed them and uh, asked Straight Sick uh, if he thought he could win this. And he seemed a bit overconfident. So, you know, maybe this will let him know that, you know, that sometimes overconfidence is is – not necessarily a good thing. You can be confident in yourself, but maybe in situations like this, you don't let that show, you know? So I don't know. But then uh, uh, on the next match, Pistola and uh, Legit, uh, it seemed to me that Pistola had the match pretty well in hand. Uh, There were a couple of times, I think they tied it, but uh, eventually Pistola won out on that. I think um, the difference between both semifinals was in the first semifinal uh, between straight stick and ace, they, the, the pace at the beginning was frenetic. Like it was, they were trying to hunt each other down. They were, they were going around corners. They seemed more aggressive at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And the gameplay actually ended up going to be a more patient pace towards the end. Whereas... Um, I got your Pistola and Legit when they played. Um, their whole game seemed to be just patience based. Yes. They were waiting for the other person to make the mistake. Right. They were playing more strategically the entire game. Um, as a, as someone who's watching the stream, I think I'd prefer to watch the Pistola Legit semi just based on skill. I, th- I think there was more skill shown in that game, mm-hmm. uh, more tactics involved, and just better to watch. Yeah, yeah, and and you know every kill there. I think Pistola eventually won. I think by two at the, finally at the end, but it was I close. Think it was three. It was seven to four. I think he got was one it? one more kill at the end. Okay, and uh, and then and then legit took off his headphones. The game had actually finished. Yeah, and there's still like three or four seconds, and legit just took off his headphones and sort of yeah that dismay was and he knew resigned to the fact. Yeah, yeah, he <laughs> exactly. knew. But uh, exactly. yeah, but that that definitely was a good matchup there. So uh, so now we finally come then to uh, the last two, which was uh, Pistola and Ace, and uh, Pistola clearly was the heavy favorite. Um, Jessica Chobot uh, interviewed Kiki Wolfkill uh, of three four three and asked her point blank who did she think was going to win, and uh, and she went with Pistola. Um, and then uh, a little bit later on, uh, we had, uh, uh, oh gosh, what was his name? You know what I'm talking about. Just show <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Aftershave um, guy. Quinda Hoyle. <laughs> yes. So she interviews him and asks him, who do you think is going to win? And I think he wanted to say Pistola, but he had mentioned his ties to uh, to Ace through a uh, through a uh, through a team through a squad, and uh, so he eventually went with Ace. And then after the interview, it got just a little weird that uh, 
Jessica Chobot made a, uh, a comment about uh, his aftershave and how he smelled so good. And as he started to cut away, she <laughs> sniffed at him. And it was like, hmm, a little strange. Yes, no, that was off. <laughs> yeah. Now, before we get into the final match here, uh, some things that did go on during the whole uh, broadcast. At, uh, at the beginning, uh, we had a rap. Um, you'll forgive me that I can't remember who the two were, but they were yeah, wearing, no, one was wearing I, a red, one was wearing yeah. blue, uh, um, uh, UNSC shirts, but, um, uh, I don't know, maybe it's me. I just didn't, I wasn't entertained by it. It seemed to me, I think I said it during the stream as well. It, it reminded me of an NBA all-star game, mm-hmm. uh, at the beginning with the, with the, uh, with the rappers going on, uh, to <laughs> just going, going straight and leaving out the, um, competitors. There were some cool moments there. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, strange. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you know, it seemed a little forced. Uh, the, one of the guys seemed like he didn't quite remember all the lines either. I know there was a couple of times where it was just one of the guys rapping, and it seemed like he, he, the other guy should have been in on it. But uh, I don't know. <laughs> but then I didn't pick that up. Good pickup. Yeah, yeah. And then next, and uh, uh, oh, do you remember the the girl's name? Who was next? I do. Uh, it was I know she Maluka. Was, yeah, she Maluka. was from Monterey, Mexico. Um, I have the uh, the video that she put up on YouTube. It's on my site uh, on halofineforlife.com, and as if I should mention, right? But anyways, uh, she did <laughs> a, uh, a a song that was uh, a tribute to Cortana. Very beautiful, very well done, uh, done to uh, Halo Four music, and uh, and so this she got an opportunity to come onto the show and uh, and sing this very song and, and with her guitar in hand and it must have been very nerve-wracking for her because they even said it on on the broadcast that this was her first time being in front of a live audience and you know the the theater itself was big enough but the fact of knowing that there were many more thousands of people watching the stream via either their computer or through the Xbox you know that must have been a little nerve-wracking for, especially considering the people who were watching the stream and who were there. It's face it, a, a pretty die-hard Halo enthusiast. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> if, and if she managed to make a mistake, could have gone off quite badly. Right, but she didn't. <laughs> no, but she didn't make no, a mistake. She, she sounded too. great. I thought that was fantastic. Uh, I really enjoyed it. In fact, that's why when I saw when I saw the video that she has on her YouTube. Um, I made sure to put it up on the site because uh, I uh, I thought that that was just fantastic uh, tribute to Cortana. Uh, and then lastly, we had uh, for music, we had, oh gosh, you'll forgive me that I can't remember the lady's name, but um, she sang Atoned, which is essentially uh, dr- just a, um, uh, a couple of choruses of a, yeah. of, of a trilling um you know, like a, a crescendo and decrescendo voice. Um, it, it's a basically you can equivalent make the equivalent to where classic Halo had the the male monk chanting. That this was kind of more the female angelic song, I guess you could say. So it still had that kind of tie-in. Isn't the, uh, the song that she sang? Isn't that the theme music at the menu for Halo Four? Yes. Yes, yeah. and that, that's called atonement. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. that's what you hear. Um, I don't know that. I don't think that was the same 
lady who actually sung, sang it on the actual soundtrack. I think that was just a fan. Uh, but oh, well, sounds pretty close. Well, sounds very close. If it wasn't, yeah. Um, you know, we'll, we'll check into that. And if somebody knows, as always, you know, I don't have a problem. If, uh, if I need to be corrected, I'll, I have no problems with you emailing me, let me know. And I'll, uh, I'll make sure to uh, put a statement in the next podcast and then the blog. That's no problem. Um, so, uh, beyond those, we also had, uh, some rooster teeth, uh, shorts that, uh, were th- uh, just kind of, you know, throughout the whole thing. Um, <laughs> love it. Yeah. Love you, you're Jordan, a big Jordan. fan, so you f- please feel free. Go ahead and talk about it. Oh, man, just your normal Red versus Blue stuff, innuendos. Um, Caboose wasn't around, which is strange. Uh, it's not often you have a Red versus Blue um, short or series of shorts with the lack of Caboose. Um, just was a lot of uh, Donut and Sarge and, and Griff and all the other Simmons. But um, no Caboose, which is disappointing. But still funny. Yeah, yeah, I was a little surprised by that myself. Um, Must have been unavailable. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. <laughs> you know, we were going to talk about this later, but let's before we get into the f- finale here, let's go on down to the trailers that were shown um, as well, interspersed throughout the whole uh, competition. They showed trailers for uh, Titanfall, uh, which happened to be, uh, as you tell me, Martin, the same one that was shown at Gamescom. Uh, Battlefield 4, uh, Rice, Son of Rome, Watch Dogs, Plants vs. Zombies, uh, Garden Warfare was the last one they showed. Uh, I particularly liked Titanfall. I hadn't seen the one, the, that same trailer from Gamescon, so for me that was the first time seeing it, and, uh, and I thought it looked pretty good. It actually kind of made me think of it being a mix between Halo and Call of Duty. Um, it's a- from what I've um, from what I've learned about Titanfall and the stuff that I've been sort of following around it, um, <laughs> sources around the industry are calling this the Call of Duty killer. Really? They're already, they're already, yeah. Uh, IGN, wow. uh, uh, what's it? Um, uh, game Pro. Uh, a lot of the big, big um, game covering websites are calling this the COD killer. Um, they're saying because it's fresh and it's fast. Uh-huh. It reminds people of Halo, um, but at the same time, it's, the same uh, it's, thing. it's refreshing, I think, is the word that they're using, because Call of Duty at this stage, and this is not my opinion, even though it probably is, um, <laughs> Call, Call, Call of Duty has gone stale. Yeah. Um, and some of the stuff that I've seen on it is insane, just the behind-the-scenes stuff for Titanfall. Yeah. Anyway. This is a Halo podcast, so I won't go into too much more. Oh, no, that's okay. That's okay. I mean, I I thoroughly enjoyed that... that trailer, uh, the way that the uh, the players are moving around and bouncing off uh, walls of buildings and jetpacking and then getting into the Titans, I thought it was fantastic. For me, now if I if I was going to be an Xbox One uh, first day purchaser, certainly this would be one of the games that I would pick up. But uh, but I'm not Believe unfortunately. It. I won't be able to afford it. Believe it or not, Titanfall doesn't actually come out at launch. Titanfall's no. scheduled for quarter one or quarter two, 2014. Ooh. Well, then maybe I will be able to get it first day. We'll have to see. But, uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, you are right. This is a Halo podcast. But, you know, once in a great while, we might mention other games. And I particularly thought this was a good one. Uh, Battlefield 4 looked pretty good. Um, oh, insane. I, yeah. I love their engine that they're playing that in. The, um, I think that's going to be, if that doesn't come out day one, 
and really compete hard with Call of Duty uh, Ghosts, I'll be very surprised. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. You know, and they had uh, they had vehicle combat on the water, and I know that's something that has been asked for in Halo for a long time. So yeah. maybe Halo will take a uh, a page out of Battlefield Four on this and finally give us water combat. That'd um, be cool. Rice, son of uh, Rome. Yeah, you know, interesting. Yeah. Uh, I, I, when you think about it, the um, the nature, of the audience, the people who are probably watching the stream, maybe a little bit too gory or brutal to show on a stream that's being viewed around the world. I mean, there could have been kids watching it, and they did. They did specify at the beginning right. that you know it could be a wee bit uh, wee bit bloody, and discretion's probably advised. Right. But um, I don't know how many people are not going to watch it. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. Uh, the next one, uh, I'll be honest with you, when this one came up, I kind of tuned it out, so maybe you can talk about it, was Watch Dogs. Um, I, another thing I've been following, um, that's supposed to be another big, big launch title. The premise behind it's pretty interesting, um, and the stuff you can do about sort of hacking into into a city, and you can control everything. You can control the lights, you can control uh, speed bumps, in one of the uh, the trailers for watch uh, for Watchdogs at E3, you see a cop car coming down the street who's chasing you, um, and then they activate something on their cell phone, which puts up like um, bollards in the middle of the road, which destroys the cop car. Hmm. Some some of that. So it's an interesting premise, supposed to be really good when it comes out. Um, but once again, it's all stuff that that I've that I've seen. If if, if you're a big uh, sort of um, trailer follower and game industry follower you've seen this all before which was disappointing to me yeah but um yeah so <laughs> what do you say yeah uh the last game uh that they uh showcased was uh plants versus zombies garden warfare and i gotta be honest this this actually looked kind of fun oh yeah definitely love it did you I play the first uh plants versus zombies no, I have. I've never no. played the Plants vs. Zombies title, but that just looks like good comedic fun. Definitely, I mean, not a yeah, game to be taken I, I, seriously, but certainly to have definitely fun. Not. I think um, I don't know if you're a big Family Guy fan, but um, that Family Guy game that's like comedic fun. I mean, it's you know I like games like that every once in a while. It's mm-hmm. nice to separate for the change of pace. Yeah. But, yeah All right. Well, cool. Let's you, go ahead. Want, do you want to talk about the uh, the lack of Halo content now, since we're talking about the trailers? Or let's do that after. Although we pretty much said it, but we'll do that after. Let's get to the final here. Uh, th- this has to be probably the best FFA. Uh, you know, the best one v one game that I've ever seen. Um, you know, with uh, Pistola and Ace making it through. Um, you know, the way the game started out, uh, it just, you know, it went slow. It was, you know, one kill for one kill back and forth. And uh, it didn't look like anybody was going to get the major uh, upper hand. It seemed like Pistola, maybe towards the end, could have had it. And uh, yeah. and he seemed to make one wrong move. And Ace swooped in and was able to get the kill for the tie uh, near the end of the game. And... When you saw that happen, I don't know if you looked at it, but when I was watching the stream, I looked right at Pistola's face, 
and his mouth went open and his eyes went wide and he seemed shocked that that happened to him. I think he thought he had the game in hand at that point. Uh, and if he yeah. wouldn't have died, if he would have lived, then that would have been it. The game would have been over. It would have been six to five and he would have won, but it tied. And, uh, what's funny is, is that, uh, well, uh, Bravo and Golden Boy were the ones commentating the whole thing. Uh, Golden Boy spoke up to say that, uh, you know, he knew it was going to be epic, but, uh, he didn't think that this would turn into, uh, you know, a, a tiebreaker. And, uh, you couldn't have asked for anything better. I mean, a finale that ends in a tie, well, obviously it can't end in a tie. So what they did was they went to, uh, they stuck with one, one v one, of course, but this time it was, the first kill wins it all. Sudden death, yeah. How much pressure is that? Yeah. You know, and when we first, you know, when we started watching this, uh, Pistola got naded twice by Ace, and his shields were completely down. If Ace could have rounded the corner at all and got a shot off on him, that would have been it there. Uh, somehow, Pistola got away. Uh, while he got away, Ace went and grabbed the concussion rifle, and that could have kind of put him in a bit of an advantage at that point. Um they stalked around a, a little bit, and finally uh, they met over by one of the bases where the flag spawns at, um, and uh, they both went at it. And to me, it looked like Pistola was going to get the win, and he just it changed had, the uh, yeah it changed. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, and uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Ace had the. Uh, uh, the concussion rifle put a couple of them out and, and then switched quickly and, and finished Pistola off. And that was it. And that was just completely amazing. Uh, unexpected, you know, with Pistola being the, uh, the heavy favorite here. Um, it was just an amazing finish. And I gotta be honest, I th- I'm glad that both of those guys were in it. I think Pistola definitely deserved to be there. And, uh, and obviously Ace by his gameplay then did as well with, with how he handled straight sick, you know, after a while. Uh, and then, you know, uh, going to a tie with Pistola at the end there. And then his final eventual win, him being a, uh, an underdog, uh, that's something you can certainly get behind. Most people love to, uh, you know, root for the underdog. And, uh, you know, I'm certainly one of those as well. So I, I was glad with the outcome either way. Whoever won, I'm glad that it did come down to, you know, the final one kill sudden death. Uh, you know, you just couldn't, you couldn't ask for a better finale. I think it's funny that, the two times they interviewed Ace after the uh, semi uh, and just before the final, um, he just kept saying, I've only been practicing for for about a week. Yeah. You know, and you're thinking, wow, that's – if you had about a month, what would have you been in by? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's funny, too, that you – it's funny you mention that because actually over the last – I'd say probably the last two weeks, um, I've been watching – some of the pros play on uh, on their Twitch streams and, uh, you know, seeing who all they're playing. They were playing against each other, you know, getting themselves prepared to go against each other for this championship. And, um, you know, I mean, they were playing like, you know, four, five, six hours in a row against each other. And uh, it just was all for naught. All of those guys that I was, that I was watching... None of them even, I think maybe one or two might have made it into the Sweet 16. The rest of them, they were done early, you know, and uh, it was just amazing. And then, like you said, to hear him say that he'd only been practicing for a week, uh, yeah, that's kind of uh, it's kind of amazing. Isn't it, isn't it funny how FFA works? 
Do you know what I mean? Like you could mm-hmm. you could go into a game as an invitation or against pros, and if the kills are just landing your way, you're getting those those one shot kills on the people whose shields are down. Yeah, the odds are you've got a good chance of winning. You don't necessarily have to be extra extra pro right. <laughs> to, to come out on top. Well, and you know what? And 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 FFA, a lot of it, unfortunately, you know, as, as much as people don't want to admit to it. Uh, a lot of it's garbage kills, you know, cleanup kills. You know, you see two exactly. people battling exactly. it out. You know, one kills the other one, but you know he's weak, so you take him out. You know, and uh, that's just the way a lot of that goes. It's funny how you mentioned that about FFA. Um, you and I uh, uh, were playing earlier uh, in multi-team, and I think me watching the pros play uh, helped me out a little bit. I learned a little bit about... Uh, you know, some of the jumps, uh, how to turn around quickly and shoot or nade. And, uh, and in one of those matches, I ended up getting a, uh, a killtrocity, if you recall. And, oh, yeah. Uh, oh, my God. I was ecstatic because that just kind of thing doesn't happen to me regularly, you know. So even though it wasn't complete free-for-all, the fact that, you know, it was 12 players and really I was going up against 10 of them because you're my teammate, you know, for me to get a killtrocity, I was, you know, I was very happy about that. So exactly, uh, exactly. maybe I'm, I'm maybe you can teach a, an old dog new tricks after all. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean that that to me is why I watched the MLG streams uh, back when Halo Three was on mm-hmm. because it, when you watch the streams and you watch your pros play, there's stuff that they did in those games that you just would have never thought of to do by yourself if you hadn't have had the exposure to it, and that's what that FFA reminded me of. Yeah. The, uh, the, the Global Championship reminded me that, you know, you, Halo as a spectator sport even is awesome to watch. It's filled with with uh, with competition. It's filled with suspense. It's just, it's fun. Yeah, and, I mean, and that championship proved it. Exactly, exactly. I mean, I think I heard you, me, the other the other guys that were listening in the party chat uh, and watching the stream, the amount of times you just go, oh, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, <laughs> every time there was a kill or just some sick play or some, you know, some jump or something cool happening, yeah, we were just, oh, my God, oh, ah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, it, it was fun. And that's what I miss, uh, I miss those moments um, with with the streams. So hopefully, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, I'm done. Yeah, no, that was good. Hopefully, uh, you know, this will help bring uh, Halo uh, back more into the limelight. Uh, Maybe, uh, you know, some more competitions will rise out of this. Maybe this will be a yearly thing with 343 and Virgin Gaming. We'll see. Maybe AGL will pick up something out of this uh, and, you know, and continue on. Because really, we talked about it last week, how... uh, how AGL, uh, they only have, I think, one or two more tournaments to go, and then that's it. And there's nothing scheduled yet for 2014. So if this global championship uh, helped to bring people back into the fold of watching uh, competitive Halo, then, uh, you know, we could see Halo make uh, some sort of a comeback. Um, there, now, that all being said, let's get to the next point that you mentioned earlier. There were no Halo announcements. Nothing about the TV show Nothing about the new game, uh, you, know, you know, no tournaments, there's no trailer, nothing. Except for the uh, the Game of the Year edition, which was okay. already released and leaked earlier. But that, yeah. exactly, that was so disappointing. They, they had the chance there to, mm-hmm. with everyone, the spectators that are watching, the crowd and the audience, they could have just blown the roof off their place. And they Definitely. chose to go the safe way and, and go with the Xbox. 
Hello? It appears we have technical difficulties. <laughs> uh, Martin? Hello? Well, I'll tell you what, folks. I'm going to put this on pause for a second, and we'll try and get Martin back. Okay, so we have uh, Martin back with us after that quick technical difficulty. Martin, you there? Yeah, man, I'm in. Okay. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, we were saying that uh, uh, the Game of the Year edition, you know, that had come out. Uh, but, you know, that really, I mean, it's it's new in one way, but not really new. I mean, it's it's the game, it's all the DLC, but I think what some people were hoping to hear was some new DLC uh, or news about the next game or news about the TV show, something. Exactly. And it was really surprising, you know, given the audience, I mean, like you mentioned, uh, you know, that's the Halo hardcore and even some of the casual fans that would have been a great opportunity to show them or talk about something new for Halo and get them pumped and excited for something new to uh, to come out or to see. So That would have uh, been the best time. Yeah, uh, absolutely. That, 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 you know, with a captured uh, audience like that? I don't know. I don't know if you heard me, but because of the technical difficulty, they could have torn the place off that. You know where where they had that stream. Yeah, they could have absolutely blew it away. That was the most high profile event um, for the Halo, especially professional community, or like uh, pro gaming community. Absolutely, it's been in a long time, and they went the safe way and uh, decided to have, or Xbox and Microsoft went the safe way and decided to have trailers of stuff that had already been seen. Yeah, it's just really really disheartening to to see that once again. Yeah. The, uh, the decisions that are getting made, not necessarily by 343, to do with the community uh, and the content, yeah, just dropping the ball again. Uh, that's what, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I got to agree with you. You know, you have to wonder who is it that's making these decisions. Obviously, 343 is part of Microsoft, so they have to listen to what Microsoft says. And, exactly. uh, you know, even if it's their competition, well, it still really is technically Microsoft's competition. So, you know, it, it's unfortunate. And who knows, maybe they didn't have anything prepared to show. But you'd think they might have had something. I mean, they showed us a trailer at E3, and that was, what, uh, you know, almost three months ago? So you would exactly. think maybe they had something else to show by now. Um I don't know. Uh, you know, I was hoping to hear something about the TV show, to be honest with you, with the Xbox One coming out in uh, November sometime, which that was one thing I ex was hoping they would say, you know, finally saying, OK, this is the release date for for the Xbox One. They didn't even do that. You know, and again, yeah, they, that would have been a great opportunity, you know. Yeah, they just seem to have completely dropped the ball. Yeah. They, you know what I mean? Like they. <laughs> uh, I mean, what better way to announce, you know, either something new for Halo or for the Xbox One itself? I mean, you had Larry Herb, who is essentially he's the ambassador for Xbox, you know. Um, so, you know, he's there. And Halo is the franchise for Xbox. That's what it's, you know, it's what made Xbox. So what better opportunity to have given, you know, uh, the listeners or the watchers, you know, information on when the Xbox was one was going to launch as well as or uh, just sh uh, telling, you know, information about the next Halo game or some new Halo content. I mean, you know, yeah, I agree with you. They completely dropped the ball on that. I mean, I mean, I don't know about you, but I spent most of that stream between rounds going, oh, please be something other than an uh, blue versus blue short that was Halo-related. Yeah. 
Yep. Instead, you got trailers that have been shown. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know. Well, um, so that uh, that's that was the championship. Uh, Ace is, uh, you know, he, he's $200,000 richer. Uh, he got a cool uh, trophy. Uh, Pistola, it's not like Pistola necessarily lost there. You know, he got $75,000 for uh, for his second place finish there. So, you know, that's nothing to uh, to sneeze at either. Exactly. I mean, exactly. Uh, you know, I'd be pretty happy with second place at seventy five grand. Poof, Damn. That's no, yeah. You know, that's a nice bit of money there. So, uh, so that was the uh, Halo Four Global Championship. Uh, it was a ton of fun to watch, and I hope that they do make that something uh, every year. Uh, I don't know if they'll be able to afford two. Well, who am I talking about? They're Microsoft, of course. They can afford two hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> no, uh, oh yeah. You know, they oh, probably yeah. afford more, but. Uh, Anyways, but knowing the, knowing the decisions that are going on there at the moment, let's just see what happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. So before we go, I got uh, uh, just a couple of quick announcements for uh, Halo Fan for Life. Uh, on, uh, let's see. Well, let's go with the first one. The first thing that's happening. This is a reminder that on September fourteenth, which is a Saturday. Uh, that's uh, just a little under two weeks from now. Uh, will be the uh, the first ever uh, Halo Fan for Life LAN party uh, that's being held in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, my hometown. And um, the information is on my site uh, where you'll see a tab that says HFFL LAN party. Uh, that is from uh, 5 to 8 uh, p.m. on that Saturday. Um, if you still want to come to it, you can send me an email. Uh, let me know. The thing is, is I only will have enough door prizes for those that have already registered. And since the registration date is done for that, if you want to come to it now, you're more than welcome to come to it. I just probably won't have a door prize for you. But you will still be able to participate in the free-for-all tournament that's going to be there. So, you know, feel free. If you want to come out, it's $15. Uh, again, all the information about who's going to be there, what we're going to do, uh, and everything, time, place, all that stuff is there. So, uh, you know, come on out if you can make it. Uh, Ghosty Ami's going to be there, um, and uh, 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 Duststorm from Podtacular uh, will be there as well. You mentioned something about da- downloading. Well, download what? Martin? Oh, <laughs> downloading the podcast. Oh, uh, oh yes, of course. Doing, yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Uh, well, yeah. I'll, I'll mention. Actually, I might as well mention it now since you mentioned that. Uh, yeah, this this podcast will be uh, posted tomorrow. And uh, it'll be on the blog. I unfortunately am still trying to figure out how to get this onto iTunes, uh, but we will get that on eventually. In the meantime, there'll be a link on uh, on the blog, and uh, the the big arrow that you see, you can just play it from there. But there's a little small arrow to the upper right of that one, and if you right click on that, that's where you can download the file. Uh, that you can listen to this otherwise. So you can upload that to uh, iTunes or whatever. Uh, So that will be available tomorrow, barring any technical difficulties after this. Uh, And then lastly, uh, there is a special Halo Fan for Life daily challenge. This will be held on September 24th, uh, and that will be from 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Now, what this challenge is, is it's something that I came up with. The 24th of September, by the way, happens to be the two-year anniversary of HaloFanForLife.com, and that's why I'm holding it that day as a special thing, you know, for uh, to, uh, uh, you know, for the anniversary. Uh, so, anyways, what this is, for that one hour, 
I want to try and get as many players to play in the same game of Halo. Now, how that's going to work is uh, I'm going to start the game at 7 o'clock, uh, and with however many people show up, you know, obviously I can have up to 16 players. So we'll all play for about a minute or so. Now, I'm going to be the only one that's going to stay in for that whole hour, and it's only going to run from 7 to 8. So, you know, we are expecting lag to happen, you know, with people dropping in and out of the game. So at 8 o'clock, the game's, I'm going to end the game regardless of where it's at, no matter how much actual time of the game game is played, this will actually be real time that has passed, so it's only going to be one hour regardless. Anyways, so you come into the game, I'll leave it open so anybody can join, uh, preferably not guests though, because it's kind of hard to count guests, and I ask that if you jo- join the game at one point, don't join it again, uh, only because I'm trying to get as many different people in as possible, but you're going to be allowed to play the game uh, within the game for one minute, just one minute's time. Uh, then drop out, and th- again, that'll allow for somebody else to come in. The whole point of this is not necessarily that you're going to get a ton of kills or anything, but just to see how many people we can get to play in the same Halo game for one hour. So there are certain restrictions to that uh, because I feel that we needed to make something a little bit uh, you know, restrictive there for the rules so that other communities... Should they decide to do this kind of thing, they have some guidelines to go by as well. So as far as I know, this is the first time that this has ever been done. I uh, don't know how well or how successful it will be, but regardless, it's going to set a record because it's the first time it's ever happened. Uh, yeah. And then, you know, I certainly, if this isn't a challenge or anything, if other communities want to do this, please feel free. I think this would be something great for other communities to uh, to tackle, to, to beat, and then another community to, to try and beat them and so on. And, um, you know, it would just be a great way to uh, to get more people involved in playing Halo uh, and doing something for fun. And maybe in the future we can do something like this for charity as well. That, that would be something to look for. Um, that's all I have. Martin, do you have anything else? Uh, no, that's, I think we've covered everything we need to cover. Okay, well... Um, Good enough, then. I guess we will see you folks next week. This has been Sal uh, with HaloFanForLife.com, as well my co-host. Martin (laughs) Martin Smith. Um, You can actually follow me on, uh, I've got a new Twitter feed. Uh, It's called The Halo Opinion. No spaces. Um, I post stuff, pictures, quotes, uh, commentary, um, little bits and pieces of news. Uh, yeah, come follow me. The Halo Opinion. Very good. All right, Martin. Well, uh, I think we've had a good uh, second podcast here. It's a shame Zach couldn't be with us. Again, hopefully he's having a great move, and we'll see him next week. And hopefully we'll see you all next week. We are out of here. <laughs>